I can recognize an um in waveform now. Really? It looks like a snail. Uh, um. <laughs> and the and the mouth things are like very skinny and tall. Welcome to the file drawer, a podcast with Sam and Eric. Eric and Sam. Eric and Sam. Whatever. Have we have we decided on the order of names? No, alphabetical. We can just switch it every time. That's very equitable of you. I appreciate that. Hey, man, I'm all about spreading the wealth. All right. Socialist. Like a socialist. <laughs> uh, like a socialist. That's right. Now, we are just going to talk politics for an hour and then uh, with a little bit of religion thrown in. I like that. It's Yeah. yeah I don't know. That, Definitely that, not happening. That Vladimir Putin. <laughs> um, oh, Vlad. <laughs> All right. All right. So, what's going on? What's, uh, what's, what's new with you? Uh, what what has you, happened? What has happened in the past week in your life? Uh, nothing. Oh, interesting. Wonderful. All um, right. Let's be a short one this week. Uh, no. <laughs> Just been busy with school stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. Been busy with school stuff, trying to figure out sort of my next thing that I got to finish big project or thing. I'd have to finish my thesis. Yeah. Is that, I'm say, is that your next, that's your next big thing, right? That I need to finish. Yeah. 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 All right. What about you? Well, I mean, the one thing that we share in common is that we had the, the first episode went out live or not live was published the the podcast exists in the world now that's exciting right that is exciting how do you feel about that i feel fine i feel fine i feel a little weird about it why why do you feel weird because like i got people are listening to you yeah yeah people are listening to you people are listening to you right now as you say that people are judging you yeah you think so i think so i think right now the only people who are listening are people who actually like like us in real life i think three to five people might have listened that, that number sounds us. right. The two, number two being us. Mm. All right. Well, I think if you include us, it might be up to around seven. We're not. We're not approaching double digits yet, but we're getting there. It's all good. No, I mean we. Uh, I mean, I, I made an announcement on my website, so I mean, at least a couple thousand people have seen it. Uh, as how many people have actually clicked on it and listened to it? What's but, your website? Uh, my website is theworkologist.com. Ah, we let you plug that right there. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for allowing yeah. me to you, uh, to do that. You to plug something that gets more hits than this. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I also threw it up on my uh, my Twitter, and I had a couple of people respond back saying like they added it to their queue and they're excited to listen to it. So, All right. Exciting. It is I, exciting. I did no marketing for it at all. That's all right. In fact, I didn't even like the post that you posted. <laughs> on Facebook. I know. <laughs> Facebook. What the hell, right? <laughs> I was I was half expecting you to make a comment just like denigrating us, like "Oh, this sucks. Don't listen to this guy. These guys don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> these guys have no these guys have no idea what they're talking about." Okay, but the comments that we did have on that Facebook post have been positive. Yeah, I mean they're our friends. Yeah, but they they could have said nothing. They could have said nothing. So we got a few. And um, saying something positive is better than saying nothing. I will go with that. I agree. That's the. <laughs> Well, see, this is just this is just the early days. <laughs> we're gonna a, we're eventually gonna get to the point where people who are listening to this who we don't know and they're leaving us reviews and telling us we suck. I, are you are you looking forward to that day? Am I prepared for that? Yeah, I think people are gonna leave me comments saying that they like the smooth silkiness of my voice. Well, that's a given. Okay, but anytime anytime you do anything on the internet where people could leave pretty much anonymous comments, you're going to get the trolls. I'm going to go ahead and troll myself right now. I suck. <laughs> My voice doesn't sound like an angel. It sounds mm-hmm. like Satan. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Satan's voice. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Well, 
I'm just saying these are these are the fun early days. Later on, when we we get to, I think we should have a, a, a section in the future where we just read the meanest comments to each other to build up our. Crit- I, I mean, isn't part of being a PhD student and like going, I mean, not necessarily going into academia, but being a PhD student, like you have to be able to take criticism, right? I agree. Do, do you think you take criticism well? Uh, yeah, I'm probably my toughest critic. Okay, anyway. well that. Yeah, that, okay, that is true. You yeah. definitely are. <laughs> so, You're so mean to yourself. Yeah, relentless. Yeah. I'm, I'm a relentless champion of myself. Sometimes I want to step in and be like, hey, enough with the bullying of yourself, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Don't be so mean. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, last episode, my mic, I don't know, I thought it sounded a little off. Yeah. But... Uh, it was using it the right way. Um, so yeah, I'm our trying- initial our initial troubleshooting was that maybe you had it backwards. Yeah, but it's not. We're yeah. using condenser mics. Actually, any mic you have to kind of speak into the right place. But um, it wasn't backwards, so I've turned it up a little bit. And I'm trying to talk in a better zone, pro- in a better uh, um, what is it? Uh, proximity of the microphone, and uh, hopefully the sound quality will be a little bit better. You know what I think it was last time. Whoever edited this podcast has really screwed it up. <laughs> I don't that know. guy. I don't know if that's true. And that guy. Yeah. Yeah. What a joker. Sam is the, also the editor of the podcast. <laughs> he, he takes all, uh, all the uh, lulls. I took out the ums. There's very minimum, minimal uh, editing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no yeah. way I would have time to do this podcast with you if we were going to do something really polished. I guess it wouldn't happen. Yeah. So. Cool. Cool. Um, I have a couple points to follow up. <laughs> It sounds like you had something to say. Maybe I just like immediately cut you off. No, go for it. No, all right, sorry. I was I had like three things like like notify me at the same time. Not a professional. Oh, oh, told you. Oh, ding. Anyway, so as I was listening back to the podcast, as I was editing it, uh, I realized, and we never actually said why we are called the file drawer. Maybe people were confused about that. Maybe not, but thought maybe that would be a good place to start. That is a good place to start. Tell us, Sam, (laughs) why are we called the file drawer? Well, uh, you put things in drawers and no. Um, All right. So the idea behind the file drawer, uh, we knew we wanted this to be vaguely psychology related. So when we were coming up with names, we were... Uh, at least starting at that point with coming up with psychology terms or research terms. Um, and eventually I land, I'm sorry, I'm just blowing up over here. I'm just blowing up the file drawer. So the idea of the file drawer, uh, probably going to butcher this actually, no here, Wikipedia, the file (laughs) drawer problem is that many studies in a given area of research, don't judge me, you read a poem for like 45 That's seconds last true. week. I'm going to read a little Wikipedia here. Read a little Wikipedia. Many studies in a given area of research may be conducted but never reported, and those that are not reported may on average report different results from those that are reported. That was the basic uh, idea. Did you did you hear? Yeah. Okay. These mics are, These mics are incredible. No, no. They're, they're picking up things that I, my normal ears would never even yeah. hear. Um. Wow, this has been a very roundabout uh, (laughs) – the file drawer. You do research, and generally only things that have significant results uh, get published. And when most psychology does – you're doing something called significance testing, basically. Uh, You're talking about the the result that you found on average – you know whether whether the the results you found are are true and oh god i'm just butchering this <laughs> it's all right. oh my god um, 
You you're Mr. You are Mr. Psychometric not Research really, Guy. Not really. All right. Um, I'll so, just keep reading Wikipedia. We'll yeah, read Wikipedia for an hour. Yeah. Uh, typically, what happens is that published uh, research, or no, research that has sh- shown significance mm-hmm. in terms of so uh, the the method that we use in most research is called null hypothesis significance testing. Right. Which is statistical stuff. Again, not important. Show notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll put some links. It, in you know. There. It, um, what happens is like most of the things that end up making it to um, uh, the journals, peer-reviewed journals, are things that have shown uh, significant results. Right. So we found an effect here. We found that A is different from B. We found that A is correlated with Y or whatever. Mm-hmm. The problem is with that is out of, let's say, a, a, a batch of, let's say, 100 published research projects, who knows how many unpublished projects uh, were conducted and tested where significance wasn't reached. Yeah. And because it wasn't reached, basically no one knows about it. Right, and so right. the idea is that people just kind of file it away in their file drawer. Right. Now the problem with that is that you're with, with, you know, the, the statistical testing that we use, you're really inflating. Um, you're really banking on chance mm-hmm. in, in terms of, um, if, if a person were, were to do a, a thousand tests and 10 were significant and they just published those 10, right? Well, who, that, that, that doesn't give you, chance, yeah. that doesn't give you an actual representation of the true relationships of those variables in that study. If basically the 10 that kind of just happened by luck, by chance are the ones that end up getting published because they're the ones that have, because they're statistically significant and mm-hmm. You know, you don't get things published if they're not statistically significant. So, like, someone who wrote that paper, Valdir Rosenthal, Rosenthal wrote a paper called the Valdir Patrol Problem. Just kind of um, hinting at this might be an issue. If I mean, you know, I I use uh, a a large number just to kind of exaggerate the the number of thousand or whatever. But but if you think about how many researchers there are out there, I mean, those a hundred is not like crazy to have a hundred studies on the same basic topic. That is true. That's why. um, So this will kind of nicely trail into a current project that I'm working on. Uh, so we're currently working on a, met- a meta-analysis of the construct ethical leadership. And um, the benefits of doing a meta-analysis is that you can basically gather up as much research as you can find or you have access to, whether it be published or unpublished, and basically synthesize the data as a whole and see if you know the effect is still present taken into account, you know, again, significant findings, insignificant findings, et cetera. Right. And, the, and, and for those who aren't familiar, a, a meta-analysis, instead of basically doing a study where you are looking at specific, like, groups of people, like, basically doing, like, a single study, you're looking at, you're doing a study of studies. Is that basically how you describe uh, a meta-analysis? Yeah, it's like, you know, you're, you're You're looking at research that has already been done, and you're trying to pull it all together. To, yeah. Across all studies. And so that A is going to give you the uh, increase your power because, you know, sample. It's going to, you might have some studies that were conducted with small ends and stuff like that. By pulling it all together, you can increase statistical power. And by combining, you know, the statistical effect into like an aggregate or like an average, mm-hmm. just for general terms. Um, and it could be more meaningful or more um, informative than just a single study alone. Right. And then part of the idea is that you. I mean, you, you can't do a meta-analysis until enough studies have been done, like, in an area. Yeah. So it helps um, kind of solidify the the findings of, a, of an area of research, right, more or less. I mean, 
yeah. if you're able to pull together multiple studies um, that looking at them individually, you may not see this overall pattern. But once you put them all together, then the true relationships start to emerge. Exactly. So, I mean, you can do it in different ways. But let's say um, you bring together a whole bunch of correlational studies and stuff. And you see that the effect, when I say effect, that relationships still exist after aggregating all the data, et cetera. I mean, that's a strong argument that this relationship exists yeah. um, between these two variables. Even stronger evidence is if, let's say, you had uh, a whole bunch of uh, you know experimental studies, and then you were to you know aggregate all the results of the studies, and that's a very, very, very mm-hmm. strong argument. And let's say you were to still find an effect uh, mm-hmm. based on you know um, the manipulation or whatever, that's a very strong argument for like causation right. um, from that or whatever. So. Yeah. So this this all right. So I feel like this is getting boring. Let's make this a little interesting. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I actually do. As, I, have, I have an interesting question as well. But continue. Yeah. Also, as people kind of read, you know, these studies that get published in like let's say the pop media yeah. or let's say news or whatever, mm-hmm. where it's just like one study making these grandiose claims. Oh, yeah, yeah. Take that with a grain of salt. You know. Yeah. You know, you should always be kind of questioning. Okay, how, what the methodology was, but not only that, if this was just one study. If it wasn't like a tight type of you know bot, you know research design or something like that, yeah. eh, take it with a grain of salt. Um, there might yeah. be other research out there that says otherwise. Um, it's not so black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think the thread that we have lost is why we picked this as our name, yes. the file drawer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. There was something. There's something there about. Obviously, this podcast, if you've listened to the first one, it's not us like breaking down the latest research and here's how you do research. It's not like kind of the obvious um, – maybe maybe if you if somebody told you that two PhD students were doing a podcast, maybe that's what you would think they would be doing. We're doing more of the stuff that's in the file drawer, stuff that maybe, you know, it's not as mainstream or just not – we're not we're not doing the obvious – thing plus yeah. you also just keep weird stuff in file drawers yeah we also left it like that so we can talk about just weird interests mm-hmm. um so it doesn't have to be psychology it could be random things that go through our minds mm-hmm. that might be interesting you know i don't even care if it's uninteresting mm-hmm. if i want to talk about it yeah I'm we'll talk do it that's it. we're doing this for us this is for me and for you eric <laughs> other people sure they can they can listen in yeah. when we put them online but it's for me and you this is this is us time yeah that's kind of contradicting about the whole past episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, good point. Um, I have I have a question though. Yeah. So I'm not working on that project with you, the meta analysis. Yeah. Um, but I I feel like I've heard you say, and we don't have to go into details here. Um, but you are kind of in a race against another group that you are somewhat aware of that might be doing relatively the same thing. You know, someone presented um, results or presented like a poster or a session at mm-hmm. the last. I want to say SIOP or maybe that's Society for Industrial Organizations or Industrial Organizational Psychologists Conference or maybe AMA. One of these previous conferences, I think someone did do like a presentation. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was just a poster or if it's a speaking presentation, but um, where they present some results of a meta-analysis. Mm. Now, um, I think some people would say it's a race. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- also think it's a matter of like who produces the better, better yeah, quality that's true. work. So, you know, we really... S- I mean, tried hard to scan all of the literature for whatever we could find right. that had the construct um, so that we're covering our bases. I mean, the, the, the better meta-analysis is the one that pulls together the most results. On top of that, you can also look at the data in different ways. You can ask, you can ask different research questions. Right, right. And so, you know, while the one construct that we're looking at, you know, is obviously going to be the similar thing, they might look at something totally different. Right. Um, so 
kind yeah. of, but but not quite. I mean, gotcha. we want to get it done. It's we've been working right. for a while, and it's driving me insane. But right. I, <laughs> and I've just been doing data collection stuff right now. Yeah. In. But uh, yeah. Um, that's that. That is that. <laughs> um, so that's that is our name. <laughs> that was so long. It's so, so good. So good, so long, so much, so much information <laughs> happening right here. So ridiculous. All right, um, all right. One, uh, one last piece of of follow up. Yeah. Uh, we we had a listener contact me. Yeah. Uh, that listener being my brother, and he he enjoyed the first episode. Shout out to Nate. Nate and uh, Nate he had dog. Nate Dog indeed. He had a. Uh, he wanted. He thought the self stuff that we talked about uh, was really interesting, and I told him that would make you happy because you're all about the self. And I have a, a question for you, and, and I don't know if this is like an empirical question or research-based at all, but maybe something we can just uh, jam on for a little bit. He was asking me, what if you don't have a clear sense of what your ideal self is or what you want it to be? We had been t- I, I had been talking about that gap between your ideal self and where you kind of are and wanting to move toward that. And I was kind of making the argument that the process of closing that gap was meaningful um, for me. And I think for a lot of other people, but he was, he was questioning like, well, what it's, do you think everybody has that kind of ideal self? I feel like I do, but I don't, I guess I don't know if other people do, or if you don't like, how do you, I don't know. Yeah. So this is an area that I'm definitely not expert in, but Mm -hmm. I think it's all interesting. And again, with some of the, terminology in terms of like we were talking about the ideal and mm-hmm. ought self there's different yeah. i mean i think that's just within you know a few different theories there's other from what i remember there's other maybe theories of the self that don't really get into that distinction um i think that like for instance like social identity theory they view sort of self or self-identity from a perspective perspective that i guess your identity is based on the, i guess your relationship with like an in-group or out-group mm-hmm. so based on who uh, you're okay. not the group that you're not and based on the group that you're in. And if I remember correctly, uh, the premise of it is, or one of the premises is that it's a process of, of redu- reducing uncertainty. Mm. Um, so you're, you're kind of, you know who you are by, I guess your group membership. It almost like gotcha. gives you whatever. So I just want to say like, yeah, there's not one sort of right way of, yeah, no, of that. course. But in, t- but in terms of that perspective, perspective, I'm saying the word per- perspective. So rare. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, the ideal self. I mean, I don't. Do you do you have an ideal self, like a clear ideal self? Uh, I don't know if it's clear. I mean, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, I have a sort of the best me that I mm-hmm. hope to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's so thing. inspirational. Just hearing you say those <laughs> words. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, some people. Like, so I was going to say, some people don't even have a clear sense of like the self, who they mm-hmm. are at this moment. So mm-hmm. there's different constructs out there that people attempt to measure. Uh, one being like clarity of self concept. You know, okay. are you clear? about your self-concept, who you are. And people use the terms like self-concept, self-identity, kind of interchangeably and stuff, depending on what literature you read. So I, I would imagine, you know, if you can be unclear about who you are or how, how you conceive the self, you can be, mm-hmm. un- or sorry, if you can be unclear, you can also be unclear about sort of who you think you could be, right. sort of the possible self or whatever. Yeah. The other thing that he was bringing up that I thought was was interesting is the also kind of on the flip side of that of having maybe like lots of ideal selves. Like you can yeah. you can think of like lots of different ways. Like you aren't set on one specific way or thing that you want to do, but you can be okay with a couple of different things that you can that you can think about. Maybe you identify 
with lots of different groups. Yeah. I thought that was just another interesting perspective. Yeah, I mean, so uh, in terms of just pure identity, the yeah. identity literature, I mean, so the theory suggests that people have, you know, multiple identities. Mm-hmm. Um, Doesn't complexity, like self-complexity, come into that at all? I think so. Yeah, like the, like the idea that if, if you are a very um, psychologically complex person, highly differentiated, but also highly integrated. So if one one identity is kind of um, threatened or taken away from you, you have other ways of defining yourself. So, yeah. so let's say, let's, let's assume that I'm a highly complex person mm-hmm. and for some reason I can no longer write my website. Yeah. Like I'm, I don't, I don't identify myself as a guy who writes on the website. And once that's taken away from me, I guess crumble. Like I, I'm able to kind of shift my identity to other things. Well, now I'm a podcaster. Now I, yeah, yeah. I'm a PhD student yeah, or something exactly. like that. Yeah. So all those are different identities that, mm-hmm. I guess can be made salient depending on whatever, whatever context you're in. So what was the question again? I don't even remember. I guess the idea of having like lots of ideal well, cells or like, or like no, so, like very concrete one kind of. So I guess my point was, yeah. It. So you might have an ideal podcaster, Sam, mm, mm. you know what I'm saying? And I, I'm not saying this stuff is like, I am, on, this on, is on, it right on, here. On I am the ideal podcaster, mind, Sam. Or, or the ideal researcher. Yeah. Or ideal son, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. you might um, have these sort of different goals or different uh, ways that you want to be. For each of these sort of identities that you hold or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, don't, I like. I, I'm no expert. <laughs> mm, you sound like an expert. <laughs> no, whatever, I, <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea. I, I like, like. I love talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's 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 all we got to do. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of having. So when I actually, as I was talking to him, I was thinking about. All right. I don't think I have a clear ideal self in terms of a person who does a thing, but I do feel like I have a relatively clear view of how I want to be, like how, how I do things. So like the specifics of what I'm doing is less clear, but I, I kind of have a sense of the, like the, the habits or like the, just the how of who I want to be. Like I was kind of describing it as a like process over product, being clear about my ideal process and not worrying about the product. Like if you take care of the process then the product yeah. take care of it, takes care of itself. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a, <laughs> What is that reminding me of? It's reminding me of like um, another poem, perhaps. Nah, <laughs> was it was it Hulk Hogan back in the day, maybe or uh, what? I, I love say it's like a, I love the range of your connections. Last week it was Walt Whitman. Now we're bringing in a little Hulk Hogan. It might it might not be Hulk Hogan, okay. but I remember like I thought it was a wrestler. I think it's a wrestler. Who's always talking about you know hey you know take your vitamins exercise work you know what I'm saying it's almost like the, mm-hmm. the doing of the things to get you to be the best you the best healthy in mm-hmm. shape you know uh, maybe it wasn't Hulk Hogan who, who was that somebody was always talking about just taking your vitamins and it sounds you know. like like the the step into a slim gym guy what was his name Randy it, uh, wasn't, it wasn't Macho Man Randy uh, okay. gotcha. it wasn't Macho it wasn't the Macho Man <laughs> nah. Um, nah, I, I, I don't remember what it was but uh, yeah it's it's like you know. You, you don't automatically say, and I guess you could though. I mean, I guess you could have this ideal. I want to be a healthy, fit, and mm-hmm. athlete or whatever. But I mean, definitely, I, I would I think that being process oriented would matter. I mean, you have to do the right things to get to the point. So, but but you feel like you don't have even that point, that end point. I feel like I have fuzzy endpoints that have yeah. fairly clear process to like move in that direction. Yeah. Like I, I mean, so. My specific career, I don't have specific career goals that are like, I'm going to work at, make this much money every year, like do this specific job. But I do have a sense of what I want like my day to day to look like or how I approach, like basically like the level of discipline that I bring to the work that, that I'm doing. And when I think about an ideal day or when I think about 
um, kind of how I want to feel when I'm doing work. I have a good sense of what that is, but in terms of the actual specifics of what the product is, that's not as important to to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm feeling very, (laughs) uh, I feel like I'm going on all these like tangents and stuff, but I'm just going to, that's your role. Just Um, go for it. It's it's around me. Like when I was, uh, so another thing about me, I like to try to start writing things creatively. Okay. Uh, but typically they don't go anywhere. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so one thing I tried to write as a kid, this is sort of counterintuitive now. Um, I tried to write a movie script called Progress for, for Perfection. Oh, right? what? And right. so the, the, the premise though, so All right. the premise of it is that actually was kind of the reverse. Like some kid was born, he was born, I don't know. I think at the beginning, I wrote the beginning part where some drunk priest dies or something like that. <laughs> no, wait, no, no, some drunk priest like gets in a car wreck and a baby and there's like a pregnant woman in the other car and the baby, you know, the woman's about to die and the priest like says, you know, dear Lord, blah, blah, blah. Say this kid, blah, blah, blah. Take my life instead or something like that. Uh-huh. And the priest dies. The baby's born <laughs> and mom's dead. Huh. And so this kid is like blessed or something by God or something. I don't even know. And like, it's like, but he's like perfect. Like he doesn't mess up. He's like, he doesn't really notice it until other people start thinking he's weird because he's like this perfect child. Sounds a little bit like Superman. Doesn't get yeah like, yeah I guess that's what it would, would be. And I didn't realize that yeah I didn't realize <laughs> no, no, there's no oh, so there's no original story. Hopefully that's no, no no. Um, but uh, Wait, so he, how how old were you when you wrote this? Uh, I don't even know. I, I wasn't at that. I wasn't a kid kid. I might have been either. No, think about it. Might have been the undergrad. Okay. So I wasn't yeah okay. Um, I was picturing like a five-year-old no, writing no, this. No, like no. this is really advanced. Nah. <laughs> I, um, and so the the kid's sort of ideal self is to be normal, which mm. is to be imperfect or whatever. Oh, so he just basically like tries to progress for what he thinks is perfection. Other people think he's like perfect or whatever. And he basically tries to basically um, – I, I, again, it didn't get far. But the idea is that he tries to <laughs> normalize himself by like being imperfect and – being the shitty person and, was this, and stuff. Was this the story come out of a personal place, like a personal metaphor? You feel like <laughs> no. you're too perfect <laughs> no. and you just want to be normal like no. the rest of us, Eric? No, not at all. <laughs> I, th- I think it might come out of a place of like a little bit of self-destruction. Who knows, man? It, not not, a, not a, for himself, but... Um, that is fascinating. Can you please finish that? Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think I, it might have been on a computer that oh, messed no. up and lost it. That would... You could have brought it back from the dead, maybe done a little radio drama, yeah. a little podcast drama with it. <laughs> But the beginning part. <laughs> uh, I, no, I'll save my other movie idea. For no, you don't it. save uh, it at all. I that I have nothing else. I just want to hear your movie uh, ideas. No, the other the other one was going to be. Uh, I've probably already told you about the idea that me and some friends uh, back in Florida, we we got talking about movie ideas at a bar, and we came up with the idea of Ass Fist Part Four, <laughs> the death of Ass Fist, where it's a it's a basically a martial artist who has. Butts on his head, <laughs> <laughs> and when he punches, like a little bit of <laughs> comes out. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and we just started. We just started for it's almost like that. I uh, remember Leonard. There's the old movie that Bill Cosby did called Leonard Part Six. But um, anyway, uh, man, yeah. you have so many good ideas. They're all terrible. You blew it. Is there any? Do you have any? Do you have any? Do you create any art for uh, for Asphist? I can't draw. Oh. I can't draw at all. I was hoping we'd throw something in the show notes. Dude, I can't draw. Like if a I, conceptualization of, could, of Ass Fist. You have to understand, if I could draw, this would already be an animated like <laughs> feature thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right. I can't draw at all, man. All right. 
Uh, I don't remember how guess we got on this digression. Guess what time it is? Guess what? Guess what time it is? We are introducing a segment called Useless News by Yahoo. Wait, use? Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I thought I had a rhyme, but I was just going to rhyme news with news. <laughs> I got confused. Was this, was this too soon for it? No, this oh, is great. All right. All right. So, well, well, I think it requires we, a little backstory. Backstory. Okay. What's the backstory? So. <laughs> Uh, I guess me and Sam realized we didn't know, but each of yeah. us likes going on to Yahoo yeah. and looking at the news ticker. I don't know. Likes. Likes is the wrong word. Likes is the wrong we, word. We, we find ourselves clicking through the news on Yahoo, yeah. not really by any conscious choice of our own. Yeah. It's like, it's just it's like when you're wasting time mm-hmm. and the news ticker, and it's, I, I feel bad for even bringing it up because it's not a promo for Yahoo at all. No. But, uh, the news Unless they want to sponsor us. Yeah. Get, get a hold of me. <laughs> the news ticker on Yahoo is so random. Like some like – it, it could have some real news, but then it has some like terrible, ridiculous like blogger type news. So – You got a good one. Let's see. Um I don't know if I I don't know if yeah. I necessarily have a good one. Oh, I do. You do. Okay. Here's, here's, here's something that Yahoo has deemed uh, newsworthy. <laughs> No sleep for LeBron. Why homebody LeBron was still awake at 3 a.m. Now, have you ever wanted to click on anything more than that? No, no. <laughs> but also, it could be it could be right next to Iraqi forces retake cities see, with oil. That's the thing that's so fascinating about Yahoo. You have something that is just asinine next to like sobering, real, world important news, or you have something like this: a vegan mom, uh, vegan mom regains custody of infant. Oh, there's another mom one. Mom's <laughs> cookie dough death. Oh no, no. That's sad. I, I don't tell me she ate cookie dough and died because I eat cookie dough uh, and I don't want to die. My know. parents always threatened, like not threatened, but like when I was little and I would try to sneak some cookie dough, they're like, "You shouldn't eat that. Yeah, there's raw eggs, eggs in that. Yeah. That's probably uh, some propaganda to support that. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I want to find one more. I'm going to start just saving these two for the future because I, God knows, I spend way too much time on it. Because the thing is, it's that random reward schedule that psychology has very well established. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, I find things that are really interesting in yep. here. So I have to go check because yep. there might be that diamond in the rough. Yep. Uh, you have to dig through a lot of that rough to get you know that what? diamond. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> There's some psychologists working at Yahoo right now. Yeah. Some psychologist's job is to make this this ticker. Yeah. Make it interesting, but not too interesting. Yeah, exactly. Leave them wanting more. I don't, I don't No, not really. It's actually surprisingly tame right now. Oh, why kids get hurt while playing? Whatever, man. Because they're kids. Because they're kids. Okay, here, here's a here's a question for you. When you were a youngin, a, yes. a young one, did you um, get to like basically just go out and play and then come home at a certain time? Like what? There's, I've read in all these different places like how you know think back to our grandparents' days, like when they were kids. You can go out and do the thing. Go fishing and go, like, run around miles away. Now, kids nowadays, I, I read an, uh, an article about a mom who had the police called on her because uh, her kid was playing at the playground, like, by by himself. Yeah. And her house was, like, right there or something. So what, what what was your childhood like in that regard? My childhood, yeah, I just kind of went out and played. Yeah. I went out and played. I don't know what age that child was, but uh, mm-hmm. now let me... Let me also say, as a kid, with my like you know, you know childhood friends, we used to do very dumb things. <laughs> yeah, but you survived. It made you stronger. <laughs> made you smarter. Playing around construction sites. Uh, I think we played like tag with like BB gun pellet guns. <laughs> what? <And> like, 
they like barbed wire, like pieces of barbed wire. Pins. Oh. <laughs> um, I think this is like high school, and so not a kid, but I think we tried to like make napalm. Oh my god! Back when like the anarchist cookbook was a thing. Yeah, it's like terrible, stupid stuff. Like no, but I guess what, yeah, I was older, so not necessarily a kid, but um, yeah, I used to go just walk around the neighborhood. But yeah. who knows? I mean. I don't know. I don't think somebody should get arrested. We're getting into politics, the political stuff now, but nah. I'm uh, just I'm just fascinated by the idea of like what childhood, like how childhoods compare across time. Like take a, a six year old or a four year old now and a four year old twenty years ago. Like developmentally, those are the same like kids, but the environment that they grow up in is very very different. Yeah, but you say that it's, you and I have to say where. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying so, keep all things equal. What I'm saying is a four-year-old in, like, communist okay. Russia yeah. is living a harder life. Well, have you yeah. seen, have you yeah, seen so. some of these old-school pictures of, like, kids that are, like, poor? Some look like adults. Like, oh, yeah. Like, there's, like, pictures of kids, like, in black and white smoking cigarettes. Yeah, and, I know. Well, and dressed like workers. The idea of childhood <laughs> is, like, a social construction in a way. Yeah. Like, in for a long time, historically, children were just kind of, like, inept adults. Yeah. Yeah. That were just kind of small and weak, but could smoke, I guess. <laughs> Dude, man. So seeing some of those pictures, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. My family, we, uh, we, we live a pretty like wide open, uh, neighborhood, but we had, uh, like we could go kind of do whatever we want with our, our friends stuff, but we had a big bell on the top of our garage that really? my mom could like ring to make us come home. Yeah. And that was like, yeah, cause we didn't have phones. Dan, Dan is ready. There's, there's no, there's no, yeah. It's not Dan like I grew up in like ready. rural Southern ready. America there, but, um, <laughs> but now the version of that would be texting your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Come home. I come on. There's something, something now, even when I hear a bell, I'm like, Oh, dinner, <laughs> dinner is happening soon. <laughs> All right. My mom wants me to come home. My, I haven't heard that bell in years, but I'd still like drilled into my mind. <laughs> your, your mouth starts watering. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Pavlov's dog. Pavlov's dogs, man. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of is, actually. <laughs> That's what my parents yeah. were doing. Yeah, oh, I've you, been trained. I bet you ate a lot of uh, shepherd's pies. Up. <laughs> shepherd's pies. Never had a shepherd's pie. Yeah, I, I swear you, to God. You had to have, like, you do, like, a lot of, um, I've seen how you make your macaroni and cheese. You do a lot of cas- <laughs> casseroles. <laughs> That's what you mean. You do a lot of casseroles. Yeah, you put, yeah, you put, yeah. You put do. crumbles on, on your mac and cheese. True. Tuna noodle casserole. I yeah. used to hate that. Yeah. I kind of like it now, but. You do, pop, you do a lot of pot pies. Oh, I love me some pot pie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very hearty. Yeah. Very hearty uh, with um, um, withstand the cold. Well, you know, yeah, exactly. Up, up in the north where I grew, spent my formative years, we need that hearty food. Yeah. Eric, you know, I don't get to spend my days uh, playing barbed wire mm. tag. All right. I had, I had some of the best um, smoked meat. Oh, please buddy, tell me about it. From a buddy who he lived up in Michigan. I guess his uncle or grandfather. Somebody had a farm in his family. Mm-hmm. And I... Uh, I was living in Florida, and so he had gone home, and he brought back some meat, <laughs> some meat. Nice. He goes, this is right off the farm, man. It's fresh. And it was so good. Yeah. And it was so good, man. I'm still on a bit of a meat kick. Yeah? We haven't talked about this on the on this version of the podcast, but yeah. I know we have in the past, but uh, I used to be a vegetarian. Up until how long ago? Uh, month, Two months, maybe? Two month months and a half. Ago. And I was a vegetarian for like just three years before that. But- I'm still enjoying me a lot of different meats. He, he has a handbag. <laughs> I have. I don't know. Like I forgot. I bought. A, I bought some a, a bag of deli ham the other day, and it's just never ending. This bag of ham has literally lasted me forever, and I feel like I'm eating a lot of ham. Mm. I guess I don't remember how much ham comes in a handbag nowadays. 
Uh, <laughs> did, did, did you get the whole like whole pig or the whole <laughs> the whole leg of ham? No, sliced it, it seemed like a small bag of ham, but this is the never-ending one. Oh, I'm man. pretty sure my roommates are messing with me and just refilling my <laughs> ham bag. <laughs> With other stuff. With, Maybe. With, with things that aren't ham. Yeah, like I don't remember what meat tastes like, so I just eat anything. Yeah. No, it's been incredible. Eat, some, eat me some bologna. Yeah, don't do that. Dude, bologna's so good. Yeah, but does it have a first name? <laughs> yes, Oscar Meyer. Yeah, that's a, that's first and last. Oh, sorry, what Oscar. Is, is, is Oscar Meyer the first name? No, no Oscar. Oscar's his first name. Yeah. Meyer's his last name, yeah. I believe. Or maybe the first name's Oscar Meyer, the last name's Wiener. He's German. Weiner. Maybe it's Weiner. Weiner. Oscar Mayer Weiner. Oscar Mayer Weiner. <laughs> uh, what has happened to the show? I don't know, man. I tell you, this is going to be a weird one just because <laughs> I think time of night. And it is. It's a Friday night. It's the end time. of a long week. It has been a very long week. <laughs> very long I've week. been lots of meetings, just like never-ending meetings, lots of grading. I spent the vast majority. I spent probably close to 20 hours a week grading essays. So I could be a little bit slap happy. I do want to, since we have been talking about, you know, the first episode we talked about identity and stuff. Mm-hmm. I haven't read the article, but I we might put it in the show notes, a citation, a new paper that came out um, that was published that sort of tries to pull from a few different sort of. I love your, of I love your transition here. We were literally just talking about Oscar Mayer, Bologna, and Wieners, and now you're busting out some 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 smartness, <laughs> some intellectualism. I love it. Um, man, I have, educate uh, us. I have, uh, I'm not going to educate you, but I'm trying to give the citation if I can. Um, I got a lot of stuff going through my head, dude. Uh, give us the, the stream of consciousness in Eric's head. Uh, where is this email that I sent? Uh, just, I'm going to, I'm going to play, do some play by play here. So Eric wearing a nice blue jacket, got some headphones on. He's scrolling through his phone with his middle finger. I believe he's looking for an email. He's, uh, Concentrating very hard. I think I see a, a bit of sweat coming from his brow. Ooh, sweat. Now he's tapping. He's tapping. He's a left-handed. Uh, he, he holds his phone in his left hand and uses his right hand to maneuver. How do you do it? Um, mostly, I do one hand with my thumb. Uh, I got you see these stubby hands, man. I, got, I think I'm getting arthritis, too. Oh, that is... Wait, make that super depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about your arthritic hands. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, so. Are you, are you good now? Uh, yes, here we go. All right. <clears throat> it was published. It's a, it's a new identity measure, but it's a leadership. The title is Leadership as a Social Identity Management. Leadership as Social Identity Management. Introducing the Identity Leadership Inventory to assess and validate a four-dimensional model. And uh, the first author of that is Steffens, hmm. S-T-E-F-F-E-N-S. From, from where? Uh, what do you mean from where? Uh, what, in an institution? Um, I would have to like look. Oh, okay. Say. I thought it was just like right on the paper. No, no. but uh, it's published by the, in the Leadership Quarterly. Okay. So what's, uh, what, is this, what is this measure? What is this idea? It just, it's basically pulling from like a lot of areas of research over the, you know, the past 20 years of I guess research mm-hmm. um, on social identity, and you, using that to, to construct or design a measure that can be, I guess, asked to I guess followers regarding their leadership. So, uh, the, the only the first factor or the first dimension of this measure mm-hmm. is the only one I, that I'm really familiar with. But uh, it's a measure of like leader prototypicality, so how prototypical the leader is of let's say the group, okay. a representative. The leader represents. Um, 
Gotcha. So the group. Um, so I'm trying, I'm trying I, to think I, of like an example. I, 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 I'll, just read, I'll just read it right here real quick. Okay. So um, leaders not only leaders need not only be one of us. That's the identity prototypicality, but also to do it for us. That's the identity advancement mm. uh, dimension. Um, to craft a sense of us. That's they call it identity entrepreneurship. Hmm. And the last one is to embed a sense of us. Um, that's identity. Identity impre- impresarioship. Okay. Impresario. Okay. Um, and so. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was interesting. I haven't really read it in depth, but it you know, came out uh, this year and I thought it was interesting. What What do you think is interesting about that? What, uh, caught, what caught your eye with that? Because, you know, the way that we've kind of been thinking about sort of identity has really been, I guess, the personal identity of the leader. Mm-hmm. So a leader's identity, a leader's self-definition. Right. Do they view themselves as a leader? And this is really hitting on the again the social identity aspect of it from the follower's perspective. perspective. Right. And so, so it, the way that a follower perceives a leader, um, and I guess impacts, I guess their own identity. Again, I haven't read this right. paper in depth, is going to shape the way the lead, the follower sort of behaves, engages right. behavior. There was a lot of work on uh, some literature. I guess I'm more familiar with is like on organizational identity mm-hmm. and the ability for the uh, leader, and even if it's not organizational identity, just identity in general. And I think there's an article by Lord Brown and Freeberg, I don't know, about a leader's ability to impact the follower self-concept, which then, again, influences follower behaviors, et cetera. So, again, it's just a different, I guess, view that I have been looking at recently mm-hmm. um, that we should not ignore, which is like the follower's perspective, the follower's side. Um, For sure. Because, you know, leadership is a two-way street of influence and Right. I feel, well, I, I don't. I, I feel like I don't have a super great grasp on the history of leadership research, but I felt like I heard a lot of people at ILA talking about followership and yeah. the importance of studying followership. Yeah, I, I think for the most part, that's not. It hasn't been in the history mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. I mean, gotcha. you always you always talk when, when people talk about the great man theory of yeah, leadership. They always talk about the great man theory, yeah. and then it got to like I think they went through a phase of like contingency theories of leadership, mm-hmm. which you know adds a little bit more complexity. They're like, well, it's not just, you have to be this perfect man or, you know, man or woman. Right. Back yeah. then, I think they really just meant men. I think, I, I think they did um, too. Yeah. And then, um, you know, then people started looking at more individual differences within leadership, which I, I guess that's the way that I would view even the identity, sort of the individual differences, in identity across leaders, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So leadership research is definitely transition. Sorry, transitioned and changed over the years because, you know, everybody sort of thought an aspect of it was missing. And I guess that one piece or not that one piece that's missing, but a piece that people still think is missing is the role of the follower in that relationship. Um, again, other – I know I'm trying to – other stuff is just popping in my head. But yeah. uh, one paper that I really want to get more into and, and in terms of my understanding is – the research of like Daru and, and Ashford and colleagues, whatever. I know those names for whatever reason. Yeah. What do they do? Uh, I'll just like the title, but um, they they wrote they write about claiming and granting of leadership. Hmm. So, as I understand it, the gist is you know a leader is just not a leader um, because they're you know they're, they're the leader, but there's a level of claiming of the leadership role that they must do, which you know they're going to then engage in sort of leadership behaviors, et cetera. But not, more importantly, on top of that, maybe not more importantly, on top of that, the followers must grant them the leadership role as well. And this is stuff I, I really, I think this is the way, this is something I've always sort of thought about. We always say, oh, this person's in charge of the leader, blah, blah, blah. But it's more than that, man, because if your followers don't sort of give you permission to lead or sort of open mm-hmm. up that space, it's going to be a hard time. And 
again, this is about to get political, but if you think about people talking about Obama, whether you're not, you like him or not, a lot of people were definitely against him off the bat. And, uh, you know, even a lot of pot, like blocking appointment of like justices and, and stuff in, in, in the, on the smaller scale. And that's, mm-hmm. re- that's really pushing back. Um, that's not even allowing any sort of leadership to even mm-hmm. happen, um, which can be pro- problematic. So it's, it's a two-way process. And, yeah. And one affects the other, the other affects the one. Yeah. So. I, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, so I think this is probably true for anything that you study from like an intellectual standpoint. But so the study of leadership, which is what you are, are doing, but you're also a leader. Like you lead one of the labs that we work in. So do you think being a leadership researcher affects how you think about leadership just like in the moment as well? I mean, it, it must in a way. I mean, it, it maybe at a level that you can't even identify, but like what has the experience been like so f- for you so far as a, a leader in our organization? Yeah, Even the word leader, I think, is more nuanced than, yeah. that, than just me being a, in a leadership role. Right. So, so, you're in a, yeah, so you're in a leadership role. Do you feel like a leader? Uh, I mean, I, th- I think it's sometimes I do, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I don't. Um, and, and I'm yeah. talking, I'm not talking about this role in particular, but just General. over the course of work and, sure. and over the, over the years or whatever. But, um, I think it's, uh, I think I try to be more considerate of certain things that I know, like if they come into my head, like, Oh, you know, doing this a certain way, it's probably going to be more effective than mm-hmm. doing it this way. At the same time, I think engaging in sort of effective leadership behaviors must be until it's been sort of done enough times where it's habit, it must be deliberate. Mm-hmm. It's, it almost goes into that sort of, again, that deliberate self-development. Practice. Yeah, deliberate, deliberate practice. practice and, all that yeah. stuff. and at least how I feel now, I feel like I'm so busy for that deliberate practice. Mm. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I'm I'm so focused on my own things. I'm so focused on, you know, keeping it together, keeping it moving forward. Um, at times, it's more managerial. Just, I just need this done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And less leadership. Yeah. Um, and not on purpose. I mean, it's not on purpose, but. It's just like a coping mechanism in a way sometimes. You've got so much going on. You don't have this, the time or space or um, even just psychological space to do the, those deliberate practices. Yeah. You just got to try to keep yourself above water. Yeah. And I think, I mean, a good leadership practice would be, is, you know, developing the followers. We talk about that yeah. and you know, teaching other people to fish <laughs> so they can fish for day, you know, that type That's of actually literal for you because you love fishing. I do love fishing. Let's talk about that some, some yeah, day a little bit more. Time. Well, so the reason I bring this up is because uh, you and I both – being a part of Lead Labs, we were doing these these employee pursuit form meetings last week, yeah, yeah. or actually this week. Um, last week it's Friday, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've each done a handful of, of those, and I was just curious as to obviously let's not go into detail with names or anything, but just overall, what has your experience been with those meetings? And I guess in kind of a background, the idea of these meetings is each of the members in our respective labs that we lead basically fill out a a form that. Where they um, they take the Gallup Strengths Finder test and they list out their strengths, they list out their career goals, uh, the knowledge and skills they want to develop, and basically they set some kind of um, medium to short range goals uh, for their work in the lab, and then they're supposed to sit down with us, the lab leads, and talk it through. So what what has that been like for you? Uh, I think I, I did some of mine before mm-hmm. we did that little training thing mm-hmm. um, about how to coach type yeah. thing. I thought it, it went all right. Um, but I'll also preface that to say is I forgot to schedule one of them. <laughs> so, um, that's how it's going. That's right. I've got two next week. They're supposed to be done today. So yeah. don't so, feel too bad. That's that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but putting, putting behind the fact that you still have one to do, like what, what, 
Did you feel like they went well, didn't go well, or? I think they went okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So again, I would say this regardless if they went exceptionally well. I think there's mm-hmm. always room to improve everything. Yeah. How could I, they? How could they have been better? Hmm. I don't mean to put you on the spot. I think uh, again, what I learned, sort of the different techniques that we reviewed in that training is yeah. allowing people to sort of being more silent in the conversation, mm-hmm. allowing people to sort of come to certain yeah. conclusions themselves. Yeah. And I think I find myself often trying to provide the solution. Gotcha. Which, and if it's generated by me, and I, I try to do it collaboratively now. Mm-hmm. I don't just mm-hmm. tell people to do stuff. But either way, if, if I do less talking and allow others to sort of get to the conclusion or right. what, you know, what needs to get done themselves, A, that process of thinking about it is, is a good exercise for them. Mm-hmm. But also it's going to be more uh, – any sort of goal that they come up with is going to be more um, – uh, connected to them, or they're going to own. They'll, they'll own it more. Yeah. They take more ownership of yeah. things, and so gotcha. that's I, that's I, tough. I, I didn't necessarily give goals, but mm-hmm. I, it's a couple of recommendations that you know I asked. You know, um, so if people had a bunch of knowledge goals, I said, well, let's try to stretch. You don't have to, but you know, if you can have a goal to produce something tangible, mm-hmm. you know, that's that, that'll be the sort of extra thing. Because I was really trying to focus on okay, okay. Five years from now, when people are going, or let's say three years from now, when people are working or looking for jobs. How can they demonstrate their skills? Yeah. Got to be able to point to something yeah, that you yeah, created. Yeah. And so I was thinking about development from that sense. So yeah, that's a good idea. And, and encourage or whatever. For um, sure. And I think that's a good way. I mean, I think grad students naturally sometimes um, float toward the knowledge goals because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why you're in school to, like, learn stuff. Yeah. And it can be kind of scary to set up an actual kind of product goal because there's, there's very clear – whether or not you accomplish it is usually very clear. Yeah. That can be scary. Yeah. And I think people, especially in grad school, I mean, we're kind of, I would guess, high achievers or whatever. Mm-hmm. We, we speak wanna, for yourself. We want to accomplish it well, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the right way. That's how it's, you know, um, at least, yeah, I, I guess that's how I feel. You <laughs> so, know, that's, I feel uh, similarly. Um, so what I'm hearing you say here is that you need to practice being silent. Is that something we need to practice on the podcast? Sure. Everybody choose to listen in while we be silent. Yeah. Anybody, anybody who listening who listened to this on Overcast uh, just had no idea what we just did because it took out all the silence. So that's great. I don't know if I like that feature. That, yeah. you know, some of the best parts of podcasts is when it's just weird. And, I think and choppy. for a comedy podcast, it's probably not the best. Yeah, because timing. Yeah, and I've I've heard Marco Armit, the creator of it, actually talk about that too. Yeah, really? Like like in, for a podcast where there's comedic timing, yeah, not the greatest. But if it's going kind of like a two dudes talking or an inform- informational uh, podcast. It's, yeah. the, the reason I really like it is because you can't tell that it's on, yeah. but then it keeps stats for you. So if I go in and look at it, you know I think I've saved so. over 26 hours. Okay. Just because of having this on, yeah. which is kind of awesome. Yeah. I might, I might try it. I've so I've become so accustomed to the crappy podcatcher that I use. I feel this is definitely like a, what's it? What is it? A sunk cost fallacy type mm-hmm. of thing. Like it, you, you've invested so much into it. I didn't invest that much into it, but, yeah. I, but for the fact that you can get free podcatchers and I invested it all into it earlier on. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is good. And then the guy, the person who, uh, I'm not going to say the name of it, but yeah, who don't, works be, on don't it, be a hater. The person who works on it. Um, at first it seemed like when we started first charging money, like he wasn't doing anything to improve it. But then he's more recently been putting out updates and stuff or whatever. So gotcha. it's like, all right, um, yeah, it didn't really cost anything, but I'm like, ah. But it, you've, it, you've invested your own effort into yeah. it. But it, you know, it's like apps. You know, I am, I don't know, I, I like the idea of, there's so many free apps out there. You know what I mean? 
Anyway, I might download over. I still actually well, it's only for iOS. It's, yeah, it's yeah, iOS yeah. only, so yeah. you can't be one of us. That's in group, out group. That's You're fine. in the out group. That's I, hey, I know who I am. <laughs> I know who I am. I that's yeah, right. I'm not getting on that iPhone bandwagon. No, you're not. Yeah. We don't want you. Of course. Actually, I am the least militant uh, Apple I user. I just like to use the stuff. Yeah. It's all. It's all good. Just yeah. tools, right? Just tools. Do you see? Do you see carpenters getting uh, getting all mad about the shovels they use? Um, um, car- carpenters don't use shovels. Never mind. Uh, yeah. Hammers. I, I did hear. I am I, not a handy guy. I did hear a conversation about a guy talking about tools. And he was saying like certain brands were just way better oh, yeah, than others. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I guess that's well. Yeah. I mean, that's why I use Apple. Yeah. It's like way way better than others. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> um, uh, so, what do you got coming up this week? What are you What are you excited for? What's uh, What's on your radar? What's on my radar? Well, I'm excited to jump back into the uh, uh, the. I don't even. I still don't know what to call it. Journal chapter mm, yeah. that I still need to revise. Yeah, and, uh, we met for the first time since getting revisions yesterday. Okay, we, yeah, I think I talked on the phone to uh, my co-author. Yeah, maybe yesterday, or the day before. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So you guys, you guys have a lot of work out of you, dude. Yeah. De- December first <laughs> deadline, right? I think. Was it first or was it fifteenth? I, oh, I have no idea. Uh, no, the first sounds right. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm third author on mine, so I'm I'm really taking a backseat. Oh my gracious! So yeah, I'm gonna work on that. I was right. gonna work on that today, but I didn't get a chance to. I was working on some other stuff. Yeah. All right. And uh, this weekend, gonna go see some friends do some improv. Nice. Uh, they were they had some friends who were in the improv group that I'm in called Pure Human Debauchery. Mm. PhD. Um, uh, they took some two students. Uh, two of the, my my colleagues took classes at. Uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, just for fun. You know, they're not trying mm-hmm. to get into it for real. But uh, their graduation, I guess, performance is tomorrow. Cool um, in Saturday, LA. In LA, so I'm going to go to that. Nice. I know we're going to be having a uh, improv show here in this very home, in yeah. this house. And yeah. you guys' next show is here. It is. It is. It's exciting be, stuff. What? Early December? Yeah. I'm making you guys start later in the night so I can actually be there because I'm flying back in that day. Sounds fun. What time? So, what time? Uh, I land in Ontario 7.30. Cool. So Cool. Yeah. All I'm, right. I feel, awesome. like I feel like I'm listing out my dates. Like, if, if, yeah. if you guys want to come see me. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you get, if you want to get on Eric's schedule, uh, shoot him an email. Come out to Claremont. <laughs> He'll be around. He loves meeting with people. Yeah. Uh, I'm going camping on Sunday. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. That's where you guys are Yeah. Okay. We're going to go Sunday through Tuesday. because. You just less wanna, people there just go. during the week, and we both have uh, we're both independent workers in a way, so why not go at the beginning of the week instead of the weekend? Yeah, yeah, it should be good. Should be uh, good on a bluff overlooking the ocean. Nice. It's probably gonna be cold though, and it's probably gonna rain, which that would make me sad. Terrible. Yeah, that sounds now miserable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it'll be good. Maybe maybe I'll have some stories. The last time I went camping, I saw a bear. So uh, no, yeah. two times two ago. Times the last ago. time I went camping was with you. Yeah, we we did not climbed. see a bear mountain <laughs> but i did literally see a bear i helped chase it away with an empty bottle say scram bear uh i don't think i said scram Is i think that... i said hey you get out of here hey you get out of our picnic baskets <laughs> um i did though this i did i had the experience of i basically picked up an empty beer bottle and was helping all the other campers chase this bear away yeah. 
and I was the closest one to it. And I was like walking toward it, hitting the b- two beer bottles together, and they broke. <laughs> so it felt like, in a, to an outside observer, it looked like I broke a beer bottle and like came out of bear yeah. with broken beer bottles, which was not at all what I tried to do. And as soon as that beer bottle broke, I was like, oh, oh shit. But luckily, it was just kind of a it was kind of a, a lame bear. He just ran away. I, 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 in my mind, I'm seeing you like clinking two bottles together. <laughs> Warriors, <laughs> come out and play. Yes, yes, my my, my it just gang. Breaks. It just breaks. Mm-hmm. That's basically how it went. How it went down. <laughs> and then everybody you were camping with comes out. They have like head, uh, bandanas on, like <laughs> around their arm and stuff. Yeah, in like leather jackets, mm-hmm. coats, and switchblades. Yeah, that you just named my camping experience exactly. <laughs> Good job. Oh man. All right. We good? I'm good. Are you good? I'm pretty good. All right. All right. See you guys next week. Peace. Do, 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 do. Boo, boo. Do, do, do. All right. <laughs> Great outro.